There's nothing like January 5th, 2024 to have the 621st installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that may or may not have had 620 previous installments so far. Anyone who wishes to conduct an audit should contact the management. That's me, Sean Tubbs, increasingly working to bring more information through the polishing of more mirrors. On today's program, Charlottesville police have diffused a situation in Belmont where a heavily armed man caused a shelter-in-place order to be issued this morning. Dwayne Adams is once again the chair of the Louisa Board of Supervisors. Charlottesville City Council approves three-quarters of a million dollars to help complete a shortfall for the 80-unit Premier Circle project in Albemarle County. The Albemarle Architectural Review Board takes a look at a climbing gym planned for Old Ivy Road near the UVA Baseball Stadium, and Albemarle County Supervisors consider amending the wording for the rules for public comment periods. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Relief Seaville exists to reverse a worrying trend. Since 2004, Charlottesville's tree canopy has declined from 50% to 38%. Two-thirds of the city's neighborhoods are below 40%. Relief Seaville aims to change that through a series of tree plantings, preservation efforts, and education campaigns. Relief is a public-private partnership between the City Tree Commission, the Nature Conservancy, City of Promise, Charlottesville Area Tree Stewards, and the Van Yeris Tree Company. Their efforts are funded through donations, so consider making yours today. There's a link in the newsletter. The Charlottesville Police Department issued a limited shelter-in-place order this morning after receiving reports of a heavily armed man walking around the Belmont neighborhood just before sunrise. There had been several calls reporting an individual carrying multiple rifles, including an AR-15. Here's a section from the press release sent out in late morning. Parts of our emergency response unit immediately responded to the area and deployed drones and other resources to locate the individual. Officers were able to locate the individual, take custody of the firearms, and provide mental health services. Information about the incident went out on the Charlottesville Police Department's social media channels. A text alert was sent to people within a small geographic area who have signed up for the city's emergency alerts. Charlottesville City Schools also sent out a note to parents and guardians saying students would be kept inside until the incident was resolved. Charlottesville police gave the all-clear on social media around 9 a.m. A follow-up question on whether the individual was arrested has not yet been responded to by the police spokesperson, but I'll be checking the city's open data portal over the weekend and will update this story as it gets to Information Charlottesville. The seven-member Board of Supervisors in Louisa County got to work this week with their organizational meeting. Here's County Administrator Christian Goodwin. And the first item there under is a resolution to appoint the chairman of the Louisa County Board of Supervisors for 2024. Goodwin opened the floor to nominations and the only name floated was Dwayne Adams of the Mineral District, who was approved unanimously. I will open the floor for nominations. I'll nominate Dwayne Adams. Nomination for Mr. Second. Adams. And a second for that nomination. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Are there any further nominations? 
Hearing none, I will close the nominations. All those in favor of, of, of appointing Dwayne Adams as the chairman no, no, of the Louisiana County Board of Supervisors for 2024 indicate so by saying aye. Aye. Any opposed? <coughs> Mr. Adams, you are the chairman. Congratulations. Adams was first elected in 2017 with 55.5% of the 1,692 votes cast. He had no opposition in 2021 and ran for the Republican nomination for Senate District 10 last year, but lost to John McGuire. Adams was also chair last year. Supervisor Tommy Barlow of the Mountain Road District was selected as vice chair. After the organizational meeting, the board went into closed session. Upon return, Adams introduced the audience to the two new supervisors. Uh, from the Cuckoo District, Mr. McCotter, and from the Louisa District, Mr. Woodward, we're glad to have you here. We're looking forward to uh, a great four years from you all, so thank you very much. Manning Woodward won election to the Louisa District in a three-way race with 41.69% of the vote. Christopher McCotter was the only candidate in the Cuckoo District, and incumbent Tony Williams was the only candidate in the Jackson District. For more thorough coverage of Louisa County, I recommend Tammy Purcell's Engage Louisa. Last fall, Charlottesville City Manager Sam Sanders outlined the beginnings of a strategy to help provide more services to unhoused individuals in the city and the greater community. On Tuesday, he brought forth one specific proposal for Council's consideration. One of the discoveries in the work that came to pass in that October period when we were addressing Market Street Park was the full recognition that um, Premier Circle as a project had stalled. Premier Circle is both the planning name and location for a proposal to replace a 20th century motel with two residential projects reserved for low-income households. The first phase, and the one under consideration with this appropriation, would be 80 units constructed by Virginia Supportive Housing, and the other would be 60 units built by the Piedmont Housing Alliance. The former Red Carpet Inn had been used during COVID as an emergency shelter, an arrangement that ended last year in order to prepare for the new development. Sanders said there were concerns last fall that the project would not proceed, even though money had been raised from a variety of sources, including a $4.25 million contribution in 2021 from the Charlottesville Area Community Foundation. There was uh, still a $1.5 million gap, and Virginia Supportive Housing was in need of not only uh, dollars but vouchers. Sanders said Albemarle will consider their half of the project at their meeting on January 10th. That brings forward 80 permanent affordable housing units to very low-income households at 40% AMI as well as um, 50% AMI. Uh, and as we all know, that those are the hardest uh, units to come by. The goal would be to make something that is this close to being done be able to move forward. And this would ensure that that project could start in May as scheduled. As for the vouchers, Sanders said there would be another request before council in the future. He also reminded council that he will be coming back with suggestions soon on how to use a $21 million surplus from fiscal year 23. City Councilor Michael Payne said this is the kind of item he hopes to see more of in the future. This is one of those issues like a lot where I think people in the community understandably get frustrated feeling like nothing's happening. Um, but there's just so much that happens behind the scenes and by staff, not just with the Premier Circle project in general, but proactively identifying this funding gap, working with the county to bring this item forward. Construction would be expected to take between 18 to 20 months once it gets underway. 
Council agreed to put a final vote on the $750,000 appropriation on the consent agenda for their January 16th meeting. In their first item of 2024, the Albemarle County Architectural Review Board had a preliminary review for the redevelopment of an office building on Old Ivy Road into a new fitness facility. That use requires legislative action by the Board of Supervisors. Margaret Malaszewski is a planning manager with Albemarle County. The climbing gym use requires a special use permit for an indoor athletic facility. The climbing gym will feature 30-foot walls as well as a yoga studio, strength and conditioning areas, and a meeting room. Here's a section from the narrative for the pre-application. A focus of the gym will be on introducing the sport of rock climbing to children, youth, and at-risk youth. The benefits of rock climbing include physical fitness, mental strength, stress reduction, improved confidence, fun and enjoyment, social interaction, and outdoor adventure. The gym use itself is not up for the ARB to consider, but the property is within the viewshed of the county's entrance corridor guidelines for Ivy Road, which the ARB took a general look at in March of 2021. That means any external renovations visible from the entrance corridor have to be reviewed by the ARB. Uh, In early meetings with the applicant about the project, we discussed visibility and we learned that the addition uh, was planned to have a very contemporary design. So we recommended that the applicant um, get to the ARB early so that you all could take a look at the architecture to identify if there were any potential big issues. The building cannot currently be seen from Ivy Road, but Malashevsky said the proposal is to add 15 feet of height to accommodate the new use. She recommended the ARB make a finding of no objection with the preliminary submission. Architect Robert Nichols of Formwork appeared before the ARB to make the presentation. The function um, is, is highly utilitarian in a way. It's Volume is what's needed. Um, daylight is not... Nichols noted that the design of the addition responds to the University of Virginia's baseball stadium, which is right across the street, but not accessible via Old Ivy Road. The ARB approved a motion recommending no objection, but with several comments, including one that the existing screening should continue to be in place. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. From Crozet to Barracks Road, the downtown mall to the shops at Stonefield, and everywhere in between, Albemarle County and Charlottesville's offices of economic development encourage you to buy local as the new year unfolds. Buying locally supports our neighbors and community members and makes a big impact for our local economy. Local businesses are more likely to reinvest in our community and their goods and services contribute to the unique character of our community. Learn more about how you can support local business at showlocallove.org and on social media at buylocalseavillealbemarle. Specific links are in the newsletter. Thank you and buy local. segments today. As one of their first acts of business for 2024, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors adopted rules of procedure for the calendar year. 
Such changes are routine, according to County Attorney Stephen Rosenberg. When we make changes to these documents from year to year, uh, we are doing it um, largely on the basis of our experiences over the preceding year. Rosenberg has been the county attorney since late June 2022, when he left his previous position as the city manager of Stanton. Many of the changes include more clarity about how proclamations are to be handled. Another specifies that public hearings for zoning map amendments can't be advertised before all documents are finalized. Another suggestion was to change the wording for the section that governs matters from the public. My understanding is that before I arrived, there was a considerable discussion amongst uh, the board members about eligible topics for matters from the public. The suggested change was to remove the phrase allowing anyone to speak at the general public comment persons on any topic of interest to any matter on the agenda. Rosenberg said this change more accurately reflected a previous discussion on parameters for public comment. Supervisor Ann Malik said the language should be broad enough to allow people to come before the board without worrying about being told their comment is not permitted. Comprehensive planning, planning in general, those zoning decisions, all those kinds of things, climate change. I mean, these are all items where we've occasionally had very effective presentations from the public. And often they're actually presenting something they really hope we will work on, but we haven't yet. Malik reminded the board that a group of students from Peabody School appeared before the board frequently to push for action on climate change before the county was actively considering adopting one. She added that matters of global politics or foreign policy would not be germane. Supervisor Mike Pruitt also had concerns about the language change. It seems to me like it puts the chair in the position of actively vetting while someone is speaking, whether or not something is falling within the, uh, as, as Supervisor Malik put well, the considerable ambit of things that are before the board I've, or have previously been before the board. Supervisor Diantha McKeel said the change had been intended to limit discussions of matters to items the board could address, including climate change. I, I agree with you. I don't think we want to limit what people, ideas and thoughts that people can bring to us at the same time trying to get at um, staying out of the global political realm that is very partisan and that we have nothing to do with. Supervisor Jim Andrews said he was concerned about matters from the public becoming politicized in this presidential election year, but suggested the language could be adjusted. And I do agree if there was some way we could uh, finesse language so it became clear that anything that could possibly come before this board is open for public comment to this board. Supervisor Ned Galloway said he supported the language change and trusted Andrews' ability to make calls from the center of the dais as the new chair. Andrews agreed, but also made a motion to move forward without the change in language. Yeah, we have operated on the on the expectation that we could limit discussion if we felt that the discussion was far from germane to the actions to be taken by the board. Um, and, and that's the, I think the attempt here is by the county attorney to give us the clarity on that. Supervisors also felt the title of the section was enough to allow the chair to make a determination. That title is 
from the public, matters on the agenda but not listed for public hearing, or on matters previously considered by the board, or matters that are pending before the board. That kind of clears it up. The first speaker of 2024 was Ryan Estes. I'm here today to discuss foreign policy. Just kidding. (laughs) Estes really wanted to discuss U.S. mail delivery. He said supervisors have a role to play in helping to improve service, which he said has been declining for years, affecting his relationship to his health care providers. The delay in getting bills from UVA, the delay in having my payments received by UVA has been really hard for me. After that comment, supervisors didn't have anything to say, and that's to be expected. They often don't respond, and they get on to business. After the Board of Supervisors adopted its rules and policies for the year, County Executive Jeffrey Richardson wanted to confirm the protocol for communication with the media. The acronym CAPE stands for Communications and Public Engagement. Our CAPE uh, division asks reporters that when they need an interview from a county employee or a board member to please contact CAPE, and they're going to coordinate that. That's, that's our request of the local media. Richardson said the idea is to prevent multiple staff members from doing the same work to coordinate information. This applies to elected supervisors as well, who are asked to not communicate directly with members of the press before checking in. If it is a matter of board business, and so if we receive it for board items, our practice is to first connect to the board chair, and if the board chair is not available, we'll connect to the vice chair, and if the vice chair is not available, then we're going to work down uh, the list specifically looking for the next best supervisor, and it most likely will be based on topic and how it connects to a specific district or to uh, uh, a board or a commission. For instance, a topic on tourism would go to the supervisor who sits on the Charlottesville-Albemarle Convention and Visitors Bureau. Richardson wanted to check in with the board to see if they continued to support this approach, which they did. And that's the end of this particular installment. And it's quite likely that only 5% of the audience has even made it to this part of the podcast or the newsletter. That's fine. This section exists to give a little overview of how you can help support the work and how you can keep up with the somewhat irregular production schedule. To keep up, take a look at my notes page on Substack. There's a link in the newsletter. That's the best place to keep up with what I'm up to, because some days I opt to skip a deadline like yesterday. On those days, if you're looking for something else to read, why not check out this newsletter's archives on infoseville.com. There's quite a lot there to review. And all of it is paid for by subscribers, either through Substack or Patreon. All of the revenue from subscribers helps make sure this is my full-time job, and this is perhaps the year I'll be able to hire someone. If you subscribe through Substack, Ting will match your initial contribution. You can get stuff from that. You've seen it all before in the newsletter. But for now, it's time to get out of here and say goodbye and uh, then be back on the weekend with the week ahead. And then number 622 is happening soon, too. Goodbye. Goodbye.